Some of you have now heard me speak about Rabbi Dr. Nathan Lopez Cardoza a few times this past year. Rabbi Cardoza is an Orthodox rabbi who has upset many in the Orthodox world with his progressive theology. He believes without a doubt in a Torah that was given by God through Moses at Mount Sinai. But he argues that God could only give Moses a Torah that a people at that time would allow themselves to receive. He teaches that the Torah is human-centered, but its aspirations are our glimpse into God's truth. He calls the Torah a divine compromise between God's ideal world and the realities of the world in which it was given. It is therefore flawed, he continues, in the sense that it must sometimes allow or introduce laws that are far from ideal, but were the best possible option at the time they were revealed to the Jewish people. One example Cardoza gives is sacrifice. In an ideal world, animal sacrifice would have been prohibited by the Torah. But at that time, people could not possibly imagine a world without sacrificial worship. We saw with the golden calf that giving up idolatry was hard enough. So the Torah allowed for sacrifice, but tried to make it more humane centralizing the practice to only the priests who knew the proper methods, leading to a time in which the practice would be abolished altogether. According to Cardoza's understanding, the Torah had to allow for the realities of the time and the context of the era in which the Torah was given, and then attempt to gradually move humanity closer to that divine ideal. Sometimes that meant prohibiting things the other nations were doing, and other times it meant allowing for them, but trying to do them in a way that moved us closer to that divine ideal. I know that everyone in our community understands the potential consequences of different levels of exposure to the virus that causes COVID-19. We have been extremely fortunate that things have not been bad in our neck of the woods, but we also know that that could change quickly. We may perceive our own personal risk differently, but we all have seen the atrocities that can happen when a community is overridden by it. We mourn the 110,000 American lives and almost 400,000 lives that have been lost worldwide. I know that everyone in our community also understands the economic consequences that have already occurred and the potential economic consequences that could lie ahead. While animal sacrifice has not been a part of Jewish worship in almost 2,000 years, the values we learn from the sacrifices of our ancestors are embedded into who we are as a people. During temple times, we were asked to give the best of what we had as an offering, and we did so, believing that sacrifice was what God wanted Animal sacrifice is no more, but sacrifice is still very much a part of our tradition. When we pray, we are supposed to give of ourselves. And as we look at our lives, we ask, what would God want from us today? And we're supposed to sacrifice that which is ours in order to contribute to a greater good. I know the last three months have been full of sacrifice. It's been much more difficult for some than others to be separated from children and grandchildren, to be alone, to face financial repercussions, 
to be placed on the modern front line, to constantly feel like you're risking your life, to have that life completely turned upside down. We have given the best of what we have, and I know people are growing weary. Even as we grow weary, however, while the form of the sacrifice might change, the importance of that sacrifice remains equally important. Our tradition teaches that sacrificing life is never an option. From the time that Abraham was called to take his son Isaac from the altar, replacing him with a ram, to the proclamation in the Talmud that saving one life is tantamount to saving the entire world, while destroying one life is like destroying the entire world. Pikuach nefesh, the act of saving a life, is more important than any of the commandments in our Torah. We cannot sacrifice life. But sacrificing elements of the way in which we live continues to be paramount to the way in which we approach these coming months and beyond if we want to strive to live toward that divine ideal. Just as the Torah made compromises from the ideal, at this point, the responsible opening and patronizing of businesses may be that divine compromise as we learn how to live for what looks like an extended period of time until there is a vaccine. Our synagogue, however, is not a business. We view our work as holy work, and we are going to be slower to return than others, ensuring that we understand the risks and the best ways to mitigate them. I am extremely proud of our leadership who have been able to say that just because we are allowed to do something doesn't mean that it's the right choice for us as a congregation. We wholeheartedly agree with so many voices who have expressed their belief in the essential nature of religious institutions. I would never have dedicated my life to the Jewish world if I didn't believe that we were essential. We have proven over the past three months that we can be open. We can be present for our congregants in meaningful ways, even when our doors remain closed. We have prayed together, we have learned together, and we have gathered in so many ways. I have shared holy moments with so many of you in times of sadness and in times of celebration. I am extremely proud of our lay leaders, staff, and clergy team who have worked tirelessly to quickly pivot our operations to be completely online, while at the same time looking to the future and creating procedures to thrive in a hybrid environment, preparing for both in-person and online experiences throughout the next year. I could not be more grateful for the talent, passion, and commitment of the team whose lives are committed to our congregation. We are extremely fortunate. Even when we do return to the synagogue, it will not be the same for a while. For us to ensure the safety of our congregational family, a return to the synagogue will continue to come with tremendous sacrifice as we will continue to err on the side of caution. Our Amy Gail Buckman Preschool has provided an extraordinary model for how we can make sacrifices but move forward in gathering together. We will use technology and other creative ways to ensure a sense of community as we maintain our place as a house of worship, a house of study, and a house of gathering for every member of our Sharid family. When we gather together for the High Holy Days, 
and I do believe that it will very much be gathering together, even from our own homes. It will be strange, but that sacrifice will be a small one when we eventually look back at this time. And I promise that we will have a multitude of opportunities to make these High Holy Days extremely special in each of your individual homes and for us as a greater community. The sacrifices we make in our congregational life over the next year are an expression of our desire to strive for that divine ideal, to ask, what would God want of us today? As we move forward from this moment, I pray that each of us strives to live that divine ideal. Whatever we have to do outside our homes and whatever we choose to do outside our homes, I pray that we all recognize the responsibilities that come with each of our realities. As we travel together through this moment of compromise, may we always listen for the voice of God in each of us, and may the sacrifices we each make lead us ever closer to a world of blessing, of health, and of peace.